0: Hi, and welcome to Filled With His Love. A study was just published comparing solitude and loneliness. Eliza C. Beck, a neuroscientist, and her colleagues at UCLA conducted the study, published on April 5th of this year. The reason the study caught my attention was because loneliness is such a pervasive problem in our society. Former Surgeon General of the United States, Dr. Vivek Murphy, spoke about the epidemic of loneliness in our society and how it impacts our health and well-being. Here's a quote from him on this topic. Quote, loneliness is a growing health epidemic. We live in the most technologically connected age in the history of civilization, yet rates of loneliness have doubled since the 1980s. Today, over 40% of adults in America report feeling lonely and research suggests that the real number may well be higher. That means that only 20% of adults felt lonely in the 1980s, and now 40%. To me, that's a scary statistic. Filled with His Love is a podcast about relationships, and so we need to acknowledge the pervasiveness of loneliness. Because loneliness is a negative emotion that can be debilitating and even deadly. But some people seem to be happy being alone, so what is the difference between solitude And loneliness. Here's a helpful definition that I think helps it. Quote Loneliness refers to the feeling of isolation or disconnection from others. It is often accompanied by a sense of sadness, anxiety, or emptiness, and can be caused by a variety of factors such as social isolation, a lack of meaningful relationships, or a sense of alienation. Solitude, on the other hand, refers to the experience of being alone but not necessarily feeling lonely. It can be a deliberate choice to withdraw from social interaction in order to engage in activities such as meditation, contemplation, or creative work. Solitude can be a source of rejuvenation, self-reflection, and creativity, and can be beneficial for mental health and well-being. Now, back to the UCLA study. We know from previous research that people who feel lonely might have a very large number of friends, quote, On social media. But the fact that they are acquainted with all of these people does not reduce their feelings of loneliness. They may still feel ignored, forgotten, and isolated. How did did the researchers examine the difference between solitude and loneliness? Well, they completed a 90 minute scan of the brains of 63 freshmen with a functional MRI machine while they showed each participant 14 engaging video clips. After the scan, they asked each student to report their feelings of social connection using the UCLA Loneliness Scale. Now, this is a traditional psychological study. We always call it the you know, freshman study for psychology. They, they gather these freshmen in and they, of course, agree to participate in the study. And, but in this case, this was kind of a difficult study to do because they had to use the functional MRI machine to actually scan these young people's brains while they were looking at these video clips. So when the researchers compared their participants' scans, they found that the brain activity of lonely participants was very dissimilar to that of both non-lonely participants and other lonely participants. Okay, that's a mouthful, that's a bit difficult (laughs) to process, so let me see if I can unpack that a little bit. The non-lonely participants, the ones who feel okay about being alone or experiencing solitude, viewed the video clips very differently from the ones who interpreted the videos as depicting loneliness. But the researchers also found that each of the participants who reported feeling lonely were also quite different from each other. In other words, dissimilar, that's what they said. They were in one way all lonely, but in a different way or for different reasons, The researchers hypothesize that lonely people may feel that they are different from their peers, and because they feel different, they lack the confidence to make new social connections. I was once walking across the BYU campus during class change, when the sidewalks are always packed with students, and and I struck up a conversation with a young man walking next to me. After we exchanged names, I said, so, is this your first year at BYU? He nodded yes. Then I asked, so, how is it? How do you like it here at BYU? He said, well, I feel pretty alone at times. Thinking that he may have come maybe from a very small town and kind of not enjoyed this huge enrollment at BYU. I said, so where are you from? I'm from Ontario, California, he said. That surprised me. I said, Ontario, California, you know, in my mind, <laughs> that's not a small town. I said, but you, you feel alone here, even though there are lots of students. And then he said, yeah, because I don't really know anybody. All my friends went to college in California. Here was a young man bothered by his loneliness. It was a negative thing for him. And if the Surgeon General statistics are accurate, perhaps 40% of the freshman class felt lonely. Being immersed in a river of students moving down the sidewalk does not help with loneliness. As the young man said, I don't really know anybody. What he meant was he didn't have any real friends who understood him and related to him for who he was. This scene goes hand in hand with the study I just recounted. He saw himself as different. He saw others in his dorm interacting, having fun. Maybe they brought friends with them from wherever they came from. They were enjoying being together, but he did not feel included or valued, and perhaps, like the study said, those feelings of being different inhibited his ability to reach out to others and form new friendships. Solitude can be rewarding and positive. We can go skiing and stand on the top of a peak—I like to do this on Sundance, for example—and gaze at the endless snow-capped peaks in the distance and feel at one with ourselves and with god But loneliness, that's entirely something else. As I said earlier, it's a feeling of isolation and disconnection. I believe part of that disconnection is feeling distant, and not only from other people, but from God. It reminds me of that old song, You'll Never Walk Alone. God can always be with you and walk with you. If it's true that 40% of adults in the U.S. experience the negative effects of loneliness, we all know someone who, is, who suffers from it. And we may not know they are suffering, but they are. What is our responsibility toward these people? It's a hard question. The study I cited concluded that those who are lonely are each lonely in unique ways. Loneliness is not a generic, easily predictable problem. So one person might evidence loneliness in a very different way than someone else. So it's not an easy fix. Here's something to think about. In a Zion society, the kind that we are trying to establish, everyone not only feels included, they feel loved. In Zion, as it says in the scriptures, people become one. They are of one heart and one mind, and there were no poor among them. We can interpret the word poor narrowly to mean lack of money, or we can interpret it broadly to mean a lack of any human need. That includes love. I've shared this quote before, and I'll probably share it again. It's from Mother Teresa. I just think it's a powerful, powerful quote. Quote, The greatest disease in the West today is not tuberculosis or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. So, in Zion, no one is unloved. No one is unwanted or uncared for. Everyone feels totally accepted, respected, and loved. There is no loneliness, no despair, no hopelessness. Human imperfections are not annoyances. They are evidence that we are mortals. And in Zion, everyone loves everyone else because everyone is on the way to perfection. Everyone recognizes that perfection has not yet been achieved. The miraculous power of a Zion society is that it requires the commitment of every single person, regardless of age, gender, race, or ethnic background. I can't create Zion alone, and neither can you, but together we can do something, anything, to draw closer to one another, to support one another, to do away even with a little bit of loneliness for someone, to include someone else, and to love one another. I hope this is helpful, and we'll see you next time.